Morning everyone. A couple of weeks ago, Nikki spoke about Into the Unknown, part two. It was a message that God had given to her and therefore she had given to us, the church, back in February, before we had the filter of understanding anything about coronavirus. How God was challenging us and inspiring us to come on an adventure into the unknown. We revisited it two weeks ago with a fresh perspective, fresh eyes of understanding, with fresh Bible passages behind it. It was really powerful and really helpful for us at this time. And Into the Unknown is the title track of Frozen 2. And I love the idea of thinking about Frozen today because it's 34 degrees outside as I record this and I am in the roof of our house. And this is not some special skincare product making me glow beautifully. This is sweat and uh, <laughs> I wonder how hot I'm going to be by the end of the message. Anyway, the title track is Into the Unknown. And I look down here to pick up the star of the show, Elsa. Elsa sings that song. And she has an amazing sister, my star of the show. I know loads of us love her. She's having a bit of a bad hair day, but I'm sure she doesn't mind. That happens quite a few times in the films. Obviously, I've had to watch the films for research purposes only. And um, we will come back to Anna very soon. But looking at Nikki's message from a couple of weeks ago, many of us will think, yes, I'm up for it. I want to step into the unknown. But the big question we have is, how do I do that? How do I step into the unknown? I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what the new normal that's unfolding in church or in society, in my workplace, how we're going to be traveling, how we're going to holiday. We don't know how to do it. So, yeah, OK, we want to step into the unknown and it's great and it's really important that we agree with that stuff and we're, we're on that journey with God. Yes, Lord, we know you're with us, so we're, we're coming with you into this unprecedented, uncharted place knowing that you are Emmanuel, God by our side. Great, but how do I do that, Lord? What do I do first? How can I do it? And hopefully today's message is going to help us and just equip us a bit into how we are going to move into the unknown once we've agreed that that's what we're up for. You see, many of us are scared by the unknown. We're scared by what things are looking like and we, we're fearful at the moment. And that's okay, I'm not here to knock you for being fearful. It's perfectly understandable and reasonable that that would be happening in many of our lives at the moment. Fear of the unknown though can be completely crippling and can stop us from moving forward. In preparing for this message today, I read a psychology journal, Psychology Today, and in January of this year, so before anything to do with lockdown happened, they asked people and surveyed people what are the top 10 fears that hold people back in life. This was pre-COVID. You ready to hear these top 10 fears? How many of them do I have? Wow. How many of them do you have and stuff with? Here we go. Top fears that hold people back in life. One, change. Wow. We have all had to go through change, haven't we? We've been thrust into this new world. Change is thrust upon us. Loneliness is fear number two that can hold us back. So many people experiencing loneliness at the moment. Failure, rejection. Number five on the list is uncertainty. These are uncertain times. Number six, remember top 10 fears that hold people back in life. Number six is something bad happening. Seven, getting hurt. Eight, being judged. Nine, feelings of inadequacy. Ten, loss of freedom. I'm saying this from a lockdown world. Crazy, eh? 
how these were the fears that people were experiencing in January and now they've become our reality so much more than we ever thought possible. And yet God is calling us onwards despite these fears into a faith adventure with him. And so the question is then, well, how do we do it? What can we do when the odds seem stacked against us? And this is where the second doll comes in handy. There's a little button here and when I press it, you're going to hear her sing a song that maybe you don't know. I didn't know it. What do you think of this one? Don't tell me that you have ever experienced that in a message before. <laughs> anyway, Anna is singing this song called The Next Right Thing. And that's what I want to entitle this message, actually. And I had to watch the film, actually, for the first time this week. And I did love it. It's great. You should watch it. And this song comes at a time when all seems lost for Anna. Loved ones gone, hopes and dreams shattered. I'm not giving you any spoilers because that would be too annoying. But it comes at a time of exhaustion. Let me read you the lyrics from part of that song. Are you feeling like loved ones are gone or aren't close by, that hopes and dreams are shattered and that you're at a time of exhaustion? This is what she sings at that time. Just do, she's encouraging herself, just do the next right thing. Take a step, step again. It is all that I can to do. The next right thing. Then it goes on to say, I won't look too far ahead. It's too much for me to take. It's amazing what we're getting out of these um, songs, aren't we, from this film? But I think that so many of us can identify with this place. When I did the interview last week with Gav, which was so cool, wasn't it? He said that when it comes to starting out on a faith adventure with Jesus, just take the first step. And there's a Chinese proverb that you may have heard before that says this, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. A journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Many of us can be put off the faith adventure. Many of us can be put off stepping into the unknown because we think that faith adventures are all about big leaps, huge, great, momentous occasions in life, the walking on water moments of life, the selling up and moving to another country moments of life, the being challenged by God to give everything away moments, or the handing in your resignation moments. And today I just want to let you know that these are not the everyday markers of a life of faith. Okay, those big leaps are not the everyday markers. They're important if God's calling you to do them, but there's more to life than that. Anna in the song said, it's all that I can to do the next right thing. Take a step, step again. That's all that she had the energy for. Maybe you find yourself in that place. And as I was thinking about our lives, mine and Nikki's life and our faith adventure that we've been on. And many of you know some of our big faith leap stories like handing in resignations and stuff. 
Our life hasn't been punctuated by hundreds of those. Our life and yours are supposed to be punctuated by lots of steps and occasional big leaps. We are called to do what we believe is the next right thing before God in the circumstance that we find ourselves in. I hope that will be a takeaway for you today. Just do the next right thing in the circumstance that you find yourself in today, tomorrow, this week. When it comes to me and Nikki and the big decisions we've taken, people haven't always agreed with our decisions and that can be really hard. But more people have encouraged us than dissuaded us and we want to please God more than we want to p please people. And there are, that is a challenge to each of us. That in, in life we'll have opportunities to do the next right thing. But then there's people looking at us and we might have to stand up against the crowd and stand out. And that can be uncomfortable. Let me challenge you again. This is a big challenge in life generally. To be somebody who tries to please God more than you please people. And here are a few of our heroes of the faith, that was hard to say, a few heroes of the faith from the Bible who just did the next right thing. We may know them for their huge outcomes, the big picture of their life, but actually their lives were punctuated by just taking the next step. Abraham. Abraham. God said to him, go into the land I will show you. Now, we've spoken on this before in church, but a long time ago. You may have never heard that before. Abraham had his family, his people. He had everybody there. He was the leader of his people. And God said to him, go into the land I will show you. Now, if God said to me, go, I'm wanting you to move house, sell up and move to this area to do this. I would want to know everything in line. Why am I going there? Where am I going to live? What am I going to do there, Lord? No, that's not how it happened. Go into the land I will show you. I'm not showing you yet. And the Bible says that Abraham got up the next morning with his people and left. He took the step. He took the first step. And God continued to show him the next step. To Noah, God said, build an ark in the middle of dry season, in the middle of dry land in Dryville. Build an ark. He just started to gather the wood. He said yes, and he had to take the, the next steps of getting all the materials together. He said yes. To Moses, God said, go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh. And there's that brilliant conversation that happens where Moses feels inadequate. But he goes. He takes the first step back towards Pharaoh, the place where Moses is wanted as a criminal and ran away from 40 years ago. He goes back. He takes the first step. The story of Ruth. And Naomi, I haven't got time to go into these brilliant stories. Read the book of Ruth this week. It's only short. It's only about six or seven pages long in my Bible. It's brilliant. Read it. So Naomi has a husband and two sons. And she, she goes to a, another land. She leaves her homeland and goes to another land. Her husband passes away. Her two, husband, her two boys get married. But ultimately they pass away too. And she's just left with her two daughters-in-law. She doesn't want to bind them to her because she's too old to remarry. She, she feels that she's got nothing for them. And in that society, she had nothing for them. And so she released them of their vow to, to be part of her family. One of the girls went, but Ruth said, no, I am sticking with you, Naomi. I, your God will be my God. Where you go, I will go. 
It was an amazing faith step for her to say, no, I'm taking the next step. I am doing the next right thing. You have released me, but this is the right thing to do. When she got, when they journeyed back to Naomi's homeland, Ruth decided to do the next thing, which was just to go and try to pick up a few gleanings of food for her and Naomi. And the story unfolds from there beautifully. It changes Naomi's future, it changes her future and their people's future. Why? Because Ruth decided to do the next right thing. Joseph was in prison and he still decided to interpret someone's dream. David chose to not kill King Saul when he had the chance, even though Saul had been trying to kill David for years. David did the next right thing in the circumstances he found himself in. Rahab in Joshua chapter 2, she didn't hand the spies over to the king when he asked for them, but she hid the spies, God's people, these two spies, in the roof of her house. It was probably about a bit warmer than I'm experiencing right now. This would lead to the salvation of her family and ultimately Rahab would be part of the ancestral line of Jesus himself. It wasn't about Rahab doing this huge thing. She just hid a couple of guys in her roof. It was the right thing to do in the circumstance she found herself in. John the Baptist did it when he stood up against Herod and his marriage to Herodias. It ended up costing him his life. But he did the next right thing. You see, these people took a step. They just continued to take small steps, which had huge significance for them and for others. So as you can see today, I'm encouraging you and me to continue to take little steps. Psalm 119 verse 105 says this. Your word is a lamp to my feet. Your word is a lamp to my feet. Now, some of you are going to know that I love this little verse. And you'd have heard me say that his word is a lamp to our feet and not a floodlight for the entire journey. Let's look at this little verse and the lamp in a bit of context of the time, shall we? See, for many of us living in towns and cities, I've always been a town or city boy, darkness is hard to come by. Even last night when there was supposed to be an amazing meteor shower, there was a lot of light around. It was quite tricky. Even in the middle of the night at the moment, now that the street lights are turned off, it's still hard to find real darkness. It's darker than it used to be when I was growing up. If I woke up in the middle of the night, I could see everything. There was a bright orange street light outside our window. And seriously, the room was illuminated the whole time. Contrast that to staying at Nicky's house in front, Nicky's dad's house in France. We used to love staying down there. And he lived in this dark village and his house had thick shutters. And you could sleep till 10 in the morning and put your hand in front of your face and you still wouldn't be able to see the fingers in front of your eyes. You could see nothing. You could sleep for as long as you wanted to. It's very good, but very, very dangerous as well. Anyway, darkness. Imagine going for a journey in the dark without any electric light pollution at all. Imagine you're walking in a country footpath, not on a nice paved street, but on, a, on rough terrain. All you've got is the light of the moon and the stars. Now imagine that journey on a cloudy night. You haven't even got the moon and the stars to guide you. Travellers in biblical times were dealing with uneven ground. They were dealing with treacherous paths and they were dealing with real darkness. 
they needed to use lamps to find their way. Little candles or cloth wicks dipped in oil put in clay jars. It wasn't a high powered torch, it gave a little bit of light around itself. And the traveller, I am reliably informed, would either hold the lamp, dangle it on a rope to see the path in front of them, or even, who knew this, tie the lamp to their ankle so they could keep their hands free. Can you imagine the picture? A little lamp tied around your feet to light your next step, giving just enough information to you to keep going forwards one step at a time. Your word is a lamp to my feet. It suddenly makes sense, doesn't it? That is what God wants from us, that we would be willing to just take the next step as he illuminates the path for us. We, if we are waiting for God to illuminate the entire picture, the entire path from beginning to end, before we take our first step or our next step, then we're going to be waiting for a long time. Let's be brave enough to take the next little step as he illuminates the path in front of us. Okay, so how can we then apply this to our lives today even more? Well, firstly, God may be asking you to take a great leap of faith into the unknown. And that is awesome because you've heard the voice of God clearly and specifically. And for you, that is the next right thing. Let me encourage you, get confirmation from the word of God. Wise counsel from those who love you and love Jesus. And go for it. Take the big leaps of faith. We're cheering you on and we want to support you as best we can. But remember that I said that life is made up of lots of steps and occasional big leaps. For big leapers at the moment, that's awesome. But for most of us today, we simply need to decide to take the next step, to do the next right thing. God will illuminate the path for us as we hold on to him, hold on to all his teachings, to all of his teachings, one step at a time. You know, I know there will still be people thinking, great, but how do I do the next right thing? I still need some more help so I can just know what this next step is for me. Okay, what I thought would be useful is to look at Galatians chapter 5, because it's in this passage that it talks about the fruits of the Spirit. If Holy Spirit is living in you, this is the fruit that will be displayed. Okay, these are fantastic things for us to walk in on a daily basis. So if you don't know what God's asking you to do specifically, let's look at Galatians 5 because this is something that we can all do every day. Okay, from verse 13. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. In other words, just do whatever you want because you can. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbour as yourself. The entire law is fulfilled in one command. Love your neighbour as yourself. The books of the law in the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers and Deuteronomy, the Torah, they're fulfilled, Jesus says, or Paul says, in this one line. Love your neighbour as yourself. So if you don't know what to do, Regarding your next step, love well. Choose to love well this week. 
In verse 16, it says, so I say, walk by the Spirit. Ask Holy Spirit to fill you, is basically what it's saying. Walk by the Spirit. I'm, I would like to encourage you to ask Holy Spirit to fill you and to guide your steps. Do that every day. Let's not walk in our own strength, but walk by the Spirit. And then from verse 22, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. No one wants to stop you showing love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. They're so crucial to all of us. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh, verse 24 says, with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. So if you don't know how to take that next step, let's keep in step with Holy Spirit and choose to display more of his fruit in our lives. Let's look for opportunities to love. Let's look for opportunities to bring joy and peace into situations. Can you think of any that come to mind immediately? Perhaps your next step is to display more patience with your family. Sorry to have brought that one up. Maybe we need to display more kindness. Let kindness be our hallmark as we move into these coming weeks. Let that be our next step of doing the next right thing. Showing goodness, faithfulness, having self-control in situations where we, can, where we can fly off the handle too easily. What else is right if we're called to do the next right thing and to take the next step with Jesus? Standing against injustice is right. Speaking out against injustice is right. Being generous to those in need is right. Hanging on in there in prayer and worship when you're really struggling. That's a great next step. It's a brilliant next right thing to do. For some of us, we're doing massive leaps at the moment into the unknown. And for some of us, we are doing small little steps because it's all that we can to do the next right thing. As we journey into the unknown, and as we journey into the new normal that is emerging in society and church in the coming months and years, know this, that God is asking you and me to take the next step, to then step again, knowing that his word is a lamp to our feet. He will guide our footsteps as we do the next right thing. Take care. See you soon. Pete, we want to thank you for that message. Thank you for your inspiring words and just speaking into us this morning. You know, we are as a church passionate about Jesus. We love Jesus. And if you've been listening to anything that we've been doing online and you've just got this internal feeling that I want to know who this Jesus is. I'm intrigued. I want to connect with this person that you talk about. We would love you to join us this morning as we just pray. And so I'm going to ask right now if you're that person wanting to know more about Jesus, I'm just going to lead us in a, a simple prayer. You can speak it in your heart, you can say the words as I say the words, but we would love to hear from you if you feel that you want to know more about Jesus and we will be in touch with you and we'd love to walk with you on this journey. So I'm just going to take a few minutes to pray. Jesus, we want to thank you that you are fully present. You know everything about us. You 
created us from a place of love. Lord, we just pray right now, if there's anyone that's wanting to know you, I pray that you would speak to hearts, that you would just show yourself, show your goodness and show your love. We thank you that you, you died on the cross for us, that you made a way for us to be able to come before God because of what you did. And we make that commitment this morning that you are good, that you are love, and that you gave your life for us on the cross. We give glory to you, Jesus, and we thank you in your beautiful holy name. Amen. Amen. There will be details at the bottom of this screen with how you can contact us. And like I said, we will be in touch and we would love to journey with you. Have a brilliant week, friends. We pray God's best over you and we look forward to seeing you next Sunday online. God bless. Take care. Thank you.